entertaining. It's all about Jesus. It's not about religion. It's about relationships. Where beginners are welcome. Where forgiveness is offered. Where hope is alive. And it's okay to not be okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Canaan podcast. And um, I'm Pastor Daniel, and I'm here again with Pastor Martin. And it is Christmas week, and so we are excited to to be talking about the the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. I just get so excited around Christmas time. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you have some people that are really excited and kind of get into what they call the Christmas spirits. And you have those that are more on the Scrooge, Bob Humbug side. And I'm definitely one that's on the, I like to have fun. I like to, I love Christmas parties. I love singing Christmas carols. I, I, if I had my way, I'd start listening to Christmas songs like beginning of October. But, you know, my wife says, no way, not till after her birthday. But um, anyway, what about you? What, what kind of, how do you, what's your approach, Martin? You more of the, same way, okay. same way. I, I can't wait for Christmas to come. And I, I'm like you. I love all the traditional music. I love Hark the Herald Angels, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I love all the songs, uh, Come Let Us Adore Them. Um, I love the lights. We love to go on drives with our yeah. kids and see the lights. I think I like it better than them. And then just to see, to begin to see all the Christmas presents start to gather under the yeah. tree over time. Yeah. Absolutely love Christmas. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so many, so many great memories. And there's a lot that goes into why we love Christmas so much. Of course, at the top of that list, which really should be the only real true reason is the birth of Christ. You know, so so let's just talk about that. Simple, kind of a very almost cliche topic at this time of year, but in all seriousness, what are some very practical things we do as families and even as a church to make sure we're not letting the all the other fun elements of Christmas, like the gifts and like the shopping and, you know, the Santa Claus and reindeer and movies, how do we not let that drown out uh, and even overshadow Jesus? I think it's pretty hard, right? Yeah. Um, because... So much of that stuff builds anticipation, especially in our kids. Um, They're just looking forward to Christmas Day. But I'll tell you one thing that we've done with our family since uh, the kids were little, and and it was a tradition passed down to us. It wasn't like Amy and I came up with it, but every year um, we would read the Luke gospel story Mm. of Jesus coming. And and so before any presents were opened or anything like that, we spent some time in prayer and thanksgiving to the Lord and just read the story to remind us about what it was all about. And so... Each year we would talk about the gospel and the greatest gift God ever gave us in Christ. And so I I think that's good for for families to do uh, before, not after. I think, you know, after the kids are distracted with different games and different things that they get and all the different stuff you want to do. But I think it's a good precursor to that. You know, something we did this year, of course, was we we wrote the Advent book. A lot of families will do. There's a lot of great Advent resources out there to keep people focused. Um, So there's ways to do it. You just got to be, you know, you just you just got to be ready to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to make it a priority. You say, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So many, you, you said there's so many resources mm-hmm. out there that are just tremendous um, that we can pull from to, mm-hmm. to use as a, you know, just kind of a resource to a curriculum, if you will, just mm-hmm. something to provide the substance of making sure daily or, you know, regularly each week we're spending time as a family focusing on, on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking in terms of being a follower of Jesus, what all, what all does Christmas give us the opportunity to do? You know, and obviously it is to focus ourselves and families on the coming mm-hmm. of Christ. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about that, but that, there's some other opportunities that we have. One is generosity. Yeah. 
and there are a lot of times we don't perceive it because we're we're in our own little bubble, you know, here in South mm-hmm. County and pretty not not a very impoverished area, you know, but in the greater St. Louis area, there's a lot of poverty. So it's a great opportunity for us to be generous. Um, it's also a great opportunity for evangelism and just sharing the gospel, having gospel yeah. conversations. Um, so let's just let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about the generosity piece. So, you know, I think it was last week we had someone mm-hmm. in the church, uh, someone contribute to the church to help families in need. And uh, so we are, we, we, we now have um, some resources. So um, kind of tell, talk about some things we've, we've already done here recently and just sure. you know, leaving names out, but just. Absolutely. Well, the, you know, the, the heart of the donor was, you know, he knows he's, he's been very uh, blessed financially and his heart was to help people who are in need this Christmas season. And, and so, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. Second Corinthians nine says, and he didn't want any recognition, didn't want anybody to know his name. And so we kept that private, obviously. In fact, I don't even know if you, you know, it was, it was given to me and just to pass through. And so it was kept private. And so, um, you know, we were able to purchase some gift cards for for Walmart to to help with several different families. And this time of year, you know, like you said, most people might be kind of like in a little bubble or insulated somewhat from that, not on purpose. Mm-hmm. But here at the church, we hear about a lot of needs. Yep. And one in particular, just this last week, um, was a family where the father was dying from cancer, and one of the children uh, of this mom who came in and spent some time with me is, is severely disabled, not mm-hmm. able to attend church. And so just a really difficult home life situation that we were able to step in because of this generous donor and be able to give to this family so that they can have Christmas. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to have any Christmas. And so I know the Lord loves that. And it gave me a great opportunity um, to share the gospel, love. I, I told uh, this lady that my wife and I had come into a Bible study in her home. It just opened a door that otherwise we wouldn't have had. But this that's person right. gave, and there was the door. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I know yesterday we we met and talked with uh, a young lady, single mom, mm-hmm. lost her job because of COVID right after Thanksgiving, um, has no money, I think three kids. And, I mean, it's just a heart-wrenching story. Mm-hmm. Uh, be because of this donor and be because of the generosity of our church family. Not only mm-hmm. are we helping her do some Christmas shopping with these gift cards, we're also helping her with their utilities. And I mean, it's just it's just made her burden a little easier. Yeah, praise know? God. And she definitely has experienced the love and faithfulness of mm-hmm. God through His people. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so yeah, we're having ongoing conversations. But that's it's awesome to see those kind of opportunities mm-hmm. where we, as the body of Christ, step in. And make a difference for the glory of God, right. you know, especially here at Christmas time. Amen. I mean, it is a season of, of giving and focus mm-hmm. on, you know, people are a little more focused on God, a little more aware of him yeah. than, than normal. You know, mm-hmm. Christmas and Easter is kind of the cliche times people would go to church or gather or whatever. Um, so that's a great opportunity. Another opportunity is the evangelistic opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. we, um, we'll go to a lot of family things and, I don't know about you. Do you have any family, extended family members that uh, still need to hear the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, (laughs) so again, leaving names out and Mm -hmm. all that, you don't have to say exactly Mm -hmm. he, she, what, but just, just tell us in general terms, what's a family situation that maybe you're praying about even this 
this week when you get together to have a conversation? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously just because of the busyness in life and everything, there's not a lot of time for just get togethers and gatherings for our family because we do live a little bit of distance apart. So when we do have those opportunities, man, we've, we've got to take advantage of them. And so Christmas is probably the best catalyst for those conversations mm. because thankfully uh, the Luke story is yeah. always a part of it. And so even if they're unbelieving, they get to hear that story. Um, we'll spend a lot of times too at our house. Uh, if if we're kind of the ones in charge at our home, we get to say, you know, what are we thankful for from this last year? It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving, but what's just something that God has done in our life? And so we're able to give like a little brief testimony. Um, and so there are those moments whenever we can share, and that might just open up a conversation for a little bit of a deeper, you know, context where you can say, you know, how are you doing with the Lord? Just yeah. a simple question. Yeah. And to watch, you know, and see what, you know, how do they react to that? And and do you have an opening for talking about the larger reason for Christmas? Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, so we are, we we know we're probably going to have a conversation. So we have an extended family member who is not married, but is dating this person. And um, this person um, being dated is Buddhist. Whoa. And there's already been some conversations and a big hangup for this person is actually uh, what we're covering in week one of our next series, Glad You Asked. And that is this whole problem of good and evil, you know. And so this person's problem, uh, although they're Buddhist, the problem with the whole concept of God, the the Christian view of God is Mm -hmm. if God is all powerful and God is good, then why does evil and suffering exist? Mm -hmm. Which is a a classic question, you know, in theology, we call it the theodicy. The problem of God and justice, and um, so we're ta- actually tackling that uh, the first week of uh, the series. Glad you asked, but that is a for, for someone who's not a believer who doesn't mm-hmm. who doesn't have a biblical worldview, who hears claims of a good, benevolent, loving, yet all powerful God, but then looks and there's coronavirus, mm-hmm. and looks and there's you know genocide. You know, how, how do those two mesh? And that is a very good philosophical, theological question. Sure. Um, anyway, that's that's this person's question. So I'll, I'm going to have the opportunity to kind of rehearse. Hey, that's great. <laughs> rehearse yeah. my message. Maybe you should yeah. record it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, just pray for softening heart. Because even, I mean, cause the good news is the Bible has solid answers for all these yeah. questions, right? Now, they're not the kind of answers that tell us everything we could possibly mm-hmm. want to know or ask. Because God always leaves room for faith. You know, it still comes down to faith. But you look at all the evidence and all the evidence screams for the the truthfulness of Scripture, the the reality of God and his sovereign power and his his kindness and grace, you know. um, So anyway, so, so yeah, Christmas gives us great opportunity, Mm -hmm. so. We'll be praying for each other. We ask all of you to pray for us as we engage family members of the gospel. As we hope you have those opportunities, pray you have those opportunities, and you seize those and walk through them. Um, but let's just segue to another topic briefly. It's kind of brought up the next series. Glad mm-hmm. you asked. And we've kind of been talking about this series for a few weeks now on podcast, uh, mentioning some on, on some Sundays. Um, so I want to talk about the, the five questions that we've kind of landed on. And all these questions, of course, have come by all you listeners and members of the church and people have contributed. 
Um, a lot of you asked some of the same questions, maybe just asked them in different ways. So the way we're kind of handling that is kind of summarizing the broader view of the question. Like like week one is the problem of evil. So the question is, if if God is all powerful and God is good, how do, why do bad things still happen, or how does evil still exist? So we will be addressing that. And you know, some of you asked a question like, well, if God knew Adam and Eve was going to sin, why did He still create them and go through with it anyway? Or it's all kind of in the same the same sphere, the same topic. So we'll be addressing that question. We'll also be qu- addressing the question some of you had about spiritual warfare. That was a question mm-hmm. that was asked. Is you know questions like uh, is spiritual warfare real? Does uh, it still happen today? Are there still demons? Um, and so you know, the answer to all those is yes, right? So we'll be we'll be addressing that. We'll be addressing the issue of abortion. You know, what does the Bible say about abortion? I mean, that's a not only is that a very politically charged issue in our culture, it is a very biblical issue. And so we want to address that. So we'll be doing that on the, on the day that we also celebrate the sanctity of life, and it's kind of a national day. Um, we'll also be looking at the question of judging. So, uh, Pastor Martin, this issue of judging. Why is that such a big deal today? You know, we, we've mentioned how Matthew 7, which is one of the, the key texts where Jesus says, you know, judge, you old King James, judge not lest ye be judged, right? Um, what, why is that such a hot topic today? And what's wrong with so many people's view of that topic? Yeah, so living in a relativistic culture, right, where we don't like to land on anything is true, Um Basically, um, from the perspective of, of a lot of people in our culture today, without a biblical worldview, um, what would be true for me may not be true for you. And so without a foundation of mm. truth that we can all give mental assent to, uh, the idea is that truth becomes relative. And as soon as truth becomes relative, then if you dislike my worldview and what I accept as my truth, you become judgy. <laughs> yep, that's and, right. and I don't have to agree with that. In other words, there's nothing that all of us should objectively give assent right. to mentally. And so you have your truth. I have mine, leave mine alone. And if you say anything against that, then you're being judgmental. That's and, right. and that in our culture today, man, that's a buzzword. That's a hot topic. That's, that's a big deal. It is. And what, what's happened, I think a lot of times today too, is that in the church, we've kind of bought into that lie mm-hmm. um, and applied it to Christian yeah. life. But there are some passages that tell us not to judge others. Right. So right. Uh, what happens is we, we, we under, we, we're hearing, we're inundated with a secular worldview mm-hmm. uh, that's more, that's based on moral relativism, which if you understand what that means, that means kind of what Pastor Martin said, what the moral relativism says, what, what's right for you may not be right for me. What's wrong for you may not be wrong for me. It's, it's, it's the void of what's called absolutes mm-hmm. where there is absolute truth. Um, so we, we, we hear these ideas and concepts, you know, not directly, but more subliminally through just the way they do TV shows and movies and pop culture, you know, that we're just not supposed to judge anyone for anything. Right. That is all based on a moral relativistic worldview. Exactly. So you're right. Yeah. So we're here now inundated that. But then we look at scripture mm-hmm. and we'll pull a verse like Matthew 7, 1, where it says, mm-hmm. where Jesus says, don't judge or you're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That's, that's what I hear and see all the time. So right. I'm going to go with that. And, you know, Paul mentions that some in Romans as well. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the full context of that passage right. and you read the, not just verse one, but one through five, exactly. or you go into yep. Romans and you see that that's, they're not prohibiting us from judging Right. There's prohibition from us judging people's salvation, mm-hmm. but and judging the intents of their hearts. And we can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things God has already judged. 
Right. So anyway, so we're going to be hitting on that. And that's going to be a, a hopefully a very eye-opening, clarifying message mm-hmm. um, that will definitely swim against the trends of culture. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this whole judge not lest you be judged. But in fact, Paul actually commands us to judge one another in the church. Boy, we hate that, don't oh, we? Oh, boy, that's hard. It is. <laughs> yeah. But we're commanded to do that. Right. Um, not fun, not pleasant, but it's what we're called to do. Well, and if, if you think about it, Daniel, like in a real practical way, without the ability to judge, like within the household of God, how could we ever expect any kind of moral improvement out of one another or hold each other accountable? Um, But like you said, there's clear passages of scripture that do say we do judge those within the church and we inspect each other's fruit. And that's for the betterment of the person. If it's done with a judgmental attitude in the sense of, right, it's it's sin. But if it's done in a way like you might do with your child or with a friendship where you've got a real friend, um, you walk through that with that brother mm-hmm. or sister in Christ for their betterment. That right. judgment is good. That's right. And I think it's yeah, wholesome. Right. So it's it's a heavy topic. Mm-hmm. It is. There's a lot of layers to that. So, um, yeah. So if you're listening now, look forward to that. Be praying about that mm-hmm. because it's going to take a, a lot of people just to be very discerning and very focused to really glean through the layers that are all wrapped up in that topic. It's been so complicated by our culture today. Right. You know? And then the last one we're doing uh, which I'm excited about is when is civil disobedience okay? <laughs> That's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we've kind of seen a, a lot of that in our culture mm-hmm. politically, whether it's you know over the election or whether it's over um, you know racial tensions and oppression, um, those issues. You know, we, we see civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. But if we look, go back to our founding of our nation, there was there was a good deal of civil disobedience. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, the Boston Tea Party that was yeah. pretty radical, um, which you know was all con- kind of connected to the Boston Massacre, and there was just some really tough things that happened um, that we read about that's kind of romanticized. You know, but there was some nitty gritty stuff, and we'll actually unpack the civil disobedience, what Scripture says. Um, as we get into that. You know what I'm really excited about after that um, talk, obviously, is we're going to have a special guest we are. at that podcast that week. Yep. William Federer. Yeah. He's he's going to be a home run. We're going to talk more about Federer as time gets closer. Prolific author. Daniel and I had the opportunity uh, to hear him speak not too long ago and phenomenally gifted guy he on is. these issues like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's well read, well studied. Um, he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. He knows his history. He knows his, he knows what they said and what they wrote. So it's going to be a great podcast. We're, we're going to try to stump him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, think I, don't, it's I, don't ha- I don't have great ambitions there. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely get stumped. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. That'll be awesome. So really looking forward to this series. Um, we'll be unpacking this series more as we go. Um, but, uh, for right for, for now, that's, uh, that's it. So hope all of you have a very Merry Christmas. Again, make sure you do even just do the simple thing of opening up the Gospel of Luke. Yep. Read chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 with your families. Uh, just, to, just to focus on Jesus before the, the, the diving into the gifts or the diving into the food. You know, uh, prioritize Jesus in the midst of all the other fun and exciting things that go on at Christmas. But we love all of you. Uh, wish you a very Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next week on next week's podcast. Uh, and we'll, until then, God bless you.